Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Just a heads up, Carolyn's in a terrible mood, everybody. I just want to let you know she's stopping at me. She's lash she's lashing out. She's lashing out. She's it's um You know what? They're gonna be on they're gonna be on my side, not your side, okay? She's mad because I was at I was at the football game over the weekend and the Rams beat her Seattle Seahawks. So she's just really, really angry and she's she's lashing out. So uh you know, you know what's I'll so take funny? It. You know what was so funny a second? Because because this gets better, but I didn't feel like I could share this with you because I didn't feel like I was in a safe space in our conversation earlier today. Um, I got a, <laughs> a reminder photo of like when I was doing some sideline reporting with the Seahawks, and I was just like, of course, of course. Anyway, I'm glad that you had fun at your game when I, I was like, in the trenches. I had a great time, and it was my first time at SoFi Stadium in LA, which is this massive edifice mm-hmm. to just consumerism and the NFL. Um, and it's it, it's it's incredible. It's an engineering marvel. It's a, it's a, amazing. Um, Taylor Swift sold it out like five nights in a row. It's got like 110,000 seats. It's incredible. It's really really incredible. Um, so that was great. The other, but I'm a nerd, right? So the what I found really interesting. Um, it's in the direct glide path LAX. Like when you're flying over SoFi Stadium, 30 seconds later, you're on the tarmac at LAX, right? So we're like right on final approach. And when we were driving down there on the 405 freeway, um, my Apple Watch and everything in the car went off and said there's a high wind advisory in Los Angeles. So we we had a Santa Ana condition. The Santa Anas were blowing really hard. Okay, and I'm trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. My father was an airline pilot for 30 years. Okay, so taking all of that in, since I was a kid, whenever there's a plane going by, you instantly look up to see if you could identify the make and the model and whatever, how many engines. Is that dad? Is that (laughs) No, just to see. Any pilot that you see when they hear a plane, they're going to look up and see what's going on. And so I I hear these planes coming, right? And I look up and it was the strangest Mm -hmm. thing because of how windy it was, right? The planes were, if you could picture this, I know it's an audio medium, but if you can picture it, so the planes are flying due west, okay, but there was a wind blowing in from the north, okay, so the planes were moving due west, but they were at an angle, so the nose of the aircraft was like pointing north-northwest or west-northwest, but they were going east, so you just see it was such a strange-looking sideways phenomenon they were almost going going sideways to account for the wind and i call my dad i'm like what happened he goes oh yeah yeah you you rudder hard right rudder this into the wind it's called some kind of landing and they're and they're at at this Mm -hmm. skewed angle till the second before they land then boom straighten out right at the last second yeah it was really weird seeing it 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 just looked really unnatural call your dad yeah. You called your dad like on your way. You're like, hey, dad. So, why are these planes are all weird sideways? And he said, it's because of the wind. Mm-hmm. And da, da, da. You know, he's, he's a, an air, airline pilot nerd. So, anyway, so that was cool. Do you know that, like, do you know that Seattle had an earthquake because of beast mode? 
Oh, like, really? When they were like, what do you because of the fan energy. So wow. yeah, that's we, we got. Wow. Yes. You know, Chris, it literally registered. Seattle native Chris Pratt was in the luxury box next to me. Here, I see how I just dropped that I was in a luxury box, whatever. No big deal. So I, Believe me, he was dropping it all day. He was completely enamored with himself, which no, is, nobody is going to be surprised at all. So and I, now, love, I, I love Chris Pratt. I love Chris Pratt. He's one of my favorite movie stars. He's probably my favorite of the Chris's of the four Chris's. I like, I, I think he's more the most versatile. He handles comedy obviously really well. He handles drama really, really well. Um, but I don't understand, you know, he was trying to be incognito sunglasses, a big hat, mm -hmm. like pulled down low, but then he was wearing a Pratt Jersey. So every time he turned around, everybody knew that it was him because they could read his name. Well, because he's got the Seahawks pride. He's got the 12th man pride and he did the flag. He did the flag. They have a thing where it's like the 12th man and oh, he raised the flag and it's, you should it's have like heard a big me, deal. You should have heard me trying to explain to my wife what the 12th man meant. My wife isn't a sports person and, and mm -hmm. I, didn't know, I tried it so many different ways. to. You know what? I have, I'm not really either. So I'm, I'm with it, but, but I, I get it, but. I watch enough documentaries and I've done Seahawks stuff like a little bit. So basically I basically have to understand. And, and I love it when they win. Basically you have to understand that there yes, are it's, 11 men on the field for, for a team. You, you're not allowed to have 12 men on the field. It's a penalty. It's an 11 person right. team. So the crowd being so loud, preventing the other team from hearing the signals being called becomes an unfair advantage becomes a 12th, a 12th man. I, I know. Yeah. I know. And that's I a very that powerful, very, very powerful. I it mean, is. It's so hard to play it in that is. stadium. When those fans are into it, it's, an, it's, an, it's insane. It's really insane. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a lot no, of, I mean, I had the opportunity, I had the opportunity to do uh, like a feature thing for the, um, the veterans. Cause you know, NFL is really into the veterans and soldiers and sure, absolutely. heroes and all of that. Yeah. And, and, and it was so, it was like a completely different thing that I, that I wasn't prepared for. They bring all these veterans out and they bring all of these, um, like men and women who've given their life. Mm -hmm. And they, anyway, it was just incredible. It was very, very, very emotional. And I, I yeah. felt very, um, fortunate to have experienced that because it seems genuine, you know? Great. Well, so. um, so it was a good weekend. It was a really, really good weekend. Uh, and then, uh, you know, back to, uh, back to the grind. I'd like to announce to, uh, our fan base out there. First of all, thank you for joining us again. My name's Brandon. I produced the show and I co-host the bonus episodes here with the wonderful and talented Carolyn Osorio. Hello, Carolyn. Uh, <laughs> There's another show that I, that I do that uh, I do by myself. It's called, uh, the devil within. And, uh, I would invite all of you to go, uh, and check out the trailer for season three, just dropped today, wherever you get your podcasts. I think there's a, a little wood nymph behind you that just appeared in the camera. <laughs> Who is that? Pop up. <laughs> this is my little, my little griff monster. Hey, how you doing, man? We're in the Seahawk colors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was okay. just, I was just um, getting the phone so I could take a shower. <laughs> he wanted to take my phone. Okay. Bye, honey. All right. Okay. Have a, have a good one. Um, so, yeah. So, please go check out uh, and uh, follow and subscribe to the show, The Devil Within, wherever you get your podcast. Season three is going to be a banger. Check it out. Um, thank you for allowing me that shameless plug, Carolyn. Um, 
Well, well, first of all, we have to pause for just a second. It is, you know, that's that's Brandon, but it is such a great podcast. That's actually how we met is through The Devil Within. That's true. And we're going to be doing a bonus episode just to talk about kind of, it's his backstory. So I'm going to get to interview uh, Brando here, and I'm looking forward to uh, doing a little grilling. So, um, <laughs> but definitely check it out. Season one, two, this will be season three of The Devil Within. Yeah. And um You'll get to see why I like hanging around with this <laughs> schmuck. <laughs> Likewise. All right. So let's get to this week's episode. Um, the jungle killer. Um, what stood out first of all for me is that there's that large of a wooded area in downtown Seattle. Yeah. So there's the mm -hmm. downtown area, then there's yeah. like the Queen Anne and then there's, there's like sections, almost like the boroughs in New York looking at a map of Seattle, right? There's like five sections, technically. Well, there's like neighborhoods. There's neighborhoods, yeah. but this is like between kind of the intersection before the city. It's like, and then on the side of the city, so you have I-5 running one way and then I-90 coming from the east. Yeah. And it's kind of like the center of it. So it's like, right, it's not in the city. Right. You know, I mean, technically it would be Seattle, but it's not in the city center. Right. And but yeah, what, I mean, what it's, is it? It's just a, undeveloped land? Is it watershed? Is it yeah. un, like, are, is there a rule against developing anything there? Because I would imagine that'd be pretty prime kind of real estate, right? I mean, I don't know the backstory behind why it's undeveloped, but it has been that way for a really long time. And the jungle has been a place where, you know, people just went there and, you know, was nobody really wanted to know about it. You know, it's, and so in that, I mentioned that in 2016, there was this just horrendous shooting. And so it brought all of this attention to the jungle and they're like, okay, we're shutting it down. We're finally going to do something about it. And they did. And then it just, they don't have the, the resources to provide services and all of the things that you need. And so anyway, it's just a mess, but this area for why it's there and why it hasn't been developed, I don't know, but it's just been there forever. Wow. That's uh it's it's interesting to think about it, it's because that's like the size of like a central park type of area but not yeah but, but not taken care of at all there's no patrol well it's not that it's i mean i think that they have i mean basically they were having people that were actually digging into the the infrastructure of the the freeway system you know and like burrowing in there and yeah so i mean it, it just was something that nobody wanted to deal with because it's like well, if we deal with it, then we'll have to have something in place right. to provide services and, and stuff for people. And they just, you know, it's a huge problem. Yeah. You know, it's a huge issue, lots of layers to it. But yeah, I mean, nothing, it's it's just you drive by it and it's just, it's, you know, it's not necessarily not taken care of because it looks like, you know, there's lots of trees, there's lots of, you know, scrubbly, scrubby brush and all of that. So it's not like it's like a war zone or anything. It's just land. Yeah. You know, but when you go deeper inside of it, there's a lot going on yeah. behind that. Well, for a guy who's lived in Seattle for 30 years, Mike Sazinski sounds like he was talking to you from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this fucking yeah. guy, I love this guy. I, love, I don't, I, I don't I care I for his racial epithets, to be honest, but okay. But I like the guy. Okay. There's a nicer way to talk I mean, about I the Irish that, and a nicer way to talk about people from Poland. All right. I'm just going to put that out there. All right. I think he's from Poland. Sure. I know. But, uh, yeah. Listen, listen. So he's allowed to say it. 
Okay, uh-huh. it's okay. I don't know. We'll see. No, but um, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm just. I was just going with what he was saying when he was like Szynski and Bazinski and Tosinski and right. And then he married an know, Irish. I'm, and then he yeah. married an Irish person, and uh, and he had an yeah, interesting. I, I mean, I'm Irish, so you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 I, I was sure. like, um, but it's 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 it was really strange to hear him talk about 1997 as if it was so long ago, and it was, but from it seems mm-hmm. for us. You know, like I remember the summer of 97, like it was fucking yesterday, you know, I mean, I, I don't know why I, I just, I do. And, and it was, it was strange because when all of this was happening, I remember, do you remember what the biggest thing in the news that summer was the biggest news story of like years and years since nine 11, you don't remember Mm-mm. August of 97 Mm-mm. princess Diana died. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I totally remember. Okay, where were you? I was sitting at Cantor's. I was sitting at Cantor's Deli on Fairfax. I was just sitting there, like eating a eating a grilled cheese with some friends, and uh, and the news broke. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Princess Diana had died. Yeah, and so that's that dominated the news for months, for years. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what was happening. Yeah, I mean, when when Szynski caught this case, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I just like that as some historical kind of perspective. Um, so the jungle sounds like a terrifying place. And, mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine as a detective in Seattle, you were probably called there quite a bit. That probably wasn't his first time there. Like, you know about it. I'm sure when you're going through the, the academy and, you know, oh. yeah, no. And I think that that's why he was surprised by, you know, it seemed odd to him from the get-go, even though he was only three years in. And I loved his honesty about it. You know, I mean, that's what, um, in addition to sounding like he was literally talking to me from Chicago, <laughs> but just his honesty of of like what it was like for him, you know? I mean, it's so relatable. Taking that photograph, he's like, take a photo of that, eh? And, and I love it. I love how sometimes people can get stuff done with just, it's, it's just seamless. Like they don't have to make a big deal about it. Like a pencil pusher or like, come on, get this done. What, you know, he just, I love that. Uh, you know like what I mean? Picture of the beer sometimes. can, picture of the beer can where no one, yeah, gave but- he's like, just take a quick picture. It's big, come on, come on, come on. It's fine. Not a big, not a big deal. Right. But how you can literally get stuff done just by saying, take a picture of it, eh? you know, right. like that. Right. And the person does it. There's not all that drama behind, you know, the, the, the Rams locking horns. No, I'm not going to do it. It's not my job or da, 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 da. Yeah. He, you know, I, I think that you can get a lot done when you have that type of a personality where it's very casual. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I love the holiday cheer, but let's face it. This time of year can get hectic. So much to do. Am I doing enough? Will the holidays be special? All of which can trigger a sort of blah feeling. And then the anxiety comes, which is why I've learned that therapy can be so helpful, especially this time of year. Talking to someone can be a bright spot amid all of the stress. First of all, you get positive reinforcement for what you're doing right. And you also get the tools you need to manage everything going on. In my case, it's pretty much always reinforcing the backbone to maintain those healthy boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. And don't worry, it's so easy to get started. It's entirely online and designed to fit your schedule. 
You just fill out a questionnaire and they'll match you up with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time with no additional charges. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mischief, M-I-S-C-H-I-E-F today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mischief. I'm going to let you in on something. I cannot swallow vitamins anymore. Seriously, I think it's residual trauma from five years of taking prenatal vitamins. Those huge horse pills. <sighs> so if I can get out of a vitamin, I'm going to do it. Which is why I am absolutely loving everything about Dose. Basically, Dose for Your Liver is a liquid version of an organic herbal dietary supplement with ingredients like turmeric, dandelion, ginger, all of which help support a healthy liver. And if you're wondering, why just focus on the liver? Well, it's pretty important. It aids in filtration, digestion, metabolism, and gets rid of unwanted elements. No judgment. And what's cool about Dose is when you order it, you get this 16-ounce bottle, which is delivered right to your door, and it comes complete with this cute little 2-ounce metal shot glass. You just pour the Dose, knock it back, and bam, you've done something really good for your liver in like two seconds, and it tastes delicious. If you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering Criminal Mischief listeners 15% off your first order, plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Go to dosedaily.co slash mischief and use code mischief. That's dosedaily.co slash mischief and use code mischief. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, yeah, and it's also I think it's a testament also to his to his emotional intelligence. Okay, like he, and, and what I mean by that is is people like that are able to respect the the accepted kind of workplace conventions and the pecking order, and he's the low man on the totem pole. Yes, he's a detective, but there are people with a lot more experience, and so you defer to the experience. But you're also a detective for a reason. Right. So you have a little bit of authority in terms of a crime scene and what gets photographed and what doesn't, you know, and so and being able to navigate that in a way where you get shit done without being an asshole is is an art. And but it's also it speaks to a level of intelligence that he has um, to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think it's it's such a there there is a way to do that. That's so effective. And I think it's like people don't recognize what's going on there as you know it's it's it talks about his emotional intelligence like what you were talking about it's a little it's the little things those are the kinds of things that i like so yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like um he was tracking but he was also very aware of his environment of like not wanting to step on toes but like he recognized like hey something's not right because this this victim does not feel like she should be here right and knowing what battles knowing what battles to pick, right? Like knowing what to fight for and what to let go. That's an art form, man. Just that's the art of living, you know? 
Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> believe me. It's really, really I've had tough. some hard lessons with that. Yeah. So when I rec- when I see it and I recognize it, you know, I, I always like to kind of it's like hats off because sometimes you can just accomplish something without getting like an emotional like ah yeah you know. So this so. whole case has had me thinking because you, thank you for sending this early for editorial. That was great. Um, cause I got, to, I got it done early and I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. And, um, and I know we mentioned, I mentioned Dostoevsky last week about suffering with the weight of, of the guilt, right. When you, when you do something really, really terrible, like, and that, that you know, crime and punishment asks that question with regard to Raskolnikov, like what's worse committing murder or getting away with it. Okay. You know, and that, that descent into the uh, the morass and of, of just guilt and anxiety and all that shit, right? So now think about Chili Willie, because okay. he was he was doing a, a stretch for armed robbery. He was going to get out, right? He was going to get out, and they they were they were rudderless with regard to the investigation here, right? They didn't they had no idea Chili Willie wasn't even on their fucking radar. Okay. But something that we've talked a lot about in our hundred plus episodes is that is, is the, the, the perpetrators, excuse me, the perpetrators inserting themselves into the investigation. They can't help it. Sometimes for arsonists, it's because they get off on it or whatever. But with this, what do you think? Why do you think he did it? Why do you think he called over and over? I mean, Szynski was trying to fucking ignore the guy, was trying to just not be bothered by him, but he kept calling and kept calling and kept calling. And he goes, I bet you never found her purse. Like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I think Chili Willie was incredibly intelligent. And even the prosecutor. All evidence to the contrary. He he, he caught himself caught. You can be intelligent and still his desire for attention is a ding, 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 ding. He's pointing at me, people. It's not very nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We already, they already know that, that I'm not going to be nice. So get on the, get on the, is he just bored in prison? No, he wanted attention. I mean, look at his thing. I mean, okay. All you have to know is that. That description where he's trying to, he's got this bloody hand and he's trying to do the signature and like pull the strings out. And he's like, They gotta know it was me. Oh shit. They gotta know it was me. I gotta get the shoelaces. This fucking weirdo. But but hold on. It's like freezing out. Here's my here's here here's my pushback to he wanted attention. I don't think it was he wanted attention. I think that. Yes, I attribute a, a high level of intelligence to him. Um, even, dare say, some emotional intelligence to him because I think he was racked with guilt and he had these personal demons that were that were just screaming in his brain 24-7 that he needed to try and quiet because he was getting the attention. He was getting tons of attention. He was getting out and taking these road trips and eating hot dogs and chilling with his homeboy, Mikey Mike, fucking every day, right? He was getting the attention, but still he broke and he just said it without being asked. He admitted it without being asked. Now you could attribute that to, to Mikey Mike knowing what's, what was going on and, 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 and liking him for these murders and letting, you know, playing the long game. Okay. 
<clears throat> and not f- trying to force the issue, and then he clams up. But regardless, Chili Willie gave it up willingly. I think he needed. I think it was because of the relationship he'd established mm. with Mikey Mike. I think that was like he gives up he his knew. freedom. He gives up his freedom for the rest of his life because because he likes Mikey Mike. No, because he'd already he'd given away too much. You know, he he loved. You know, he kept giving them more and more and more. That's where it's like the whole game of the whole thing. Like he didn't have to call Mikey Mike. Right. He called for the attention. And he wasn't getting any attention from Mike. And then he upped the ante right. with the purse. But then he gave him some, and then he started he gave him some bad info too, right? Because he took him to a bunch of places where there were no bodies. As like, well, it's like the chess. He wanted, to, yeah. he wanted it to keep going. He wanted to it. He wanted this to keep going. Ah. You know. But let me ask you something. So, because I think Szczynski's a great detective. Um, but he didn't ever say to you really that he was that he thought Chili Willy was was the guy. He never really said that. Well, look at him. But until because hold on, until that woman mm-hmm. who was going into witness protection or whatever mentioned it, and, and was that like the light bulb moment for him saying, "Oh my God, this guy Chili Willy is actually mm-hmm. the murderer," or was that just the first that is- there was something concrete to connect him to it? Yes, that was the first concrete connection because we know, and he even said, you know, these guys are bored in jail. They want to go out. They want, you know, I mean, I I think that that explanation as to why they get bored in jail and they talk, because this is something that we've talked about too so many times. Like, why would you say anything? I mean, I guess if you have so much time on your hands and you're just sitting there and you just let stuff slip, right? So I think that, um, you know, I think that, I'm sorry, I lost track. I lost my train of what thought. What I was saying I, was, I, do you I, think, I think did Mike suspect him before the woman mentioned his name? Oh, okay. You know, I think that they did, but I think they also didn't know, and that they know to make a strong case, you need evidence. And they just had this guy that was taking him around. He knew some things, but he didn't know anything. They they didn't have enough to build a case. You know, there was nothing tying him to these murders. So. <clears throat> Because I got the impression that that Szczynski was playing the long game, okay, <clears throat> but not mm-hmm. to get Chili Willy to, to to slip up, just to get more information so they could find the actual killer, right? Like that's what I that that's the road I was going down. And then this woman in that was the road. Yeah, yeah. Then the woman in witness protection mentions yeah. his name, and he goes, "Oh Christ, this is the guy the whole time." You know, like like Dick Cheney was running the exploratory committee to find a vice president for George W. Bush. He goes, oh, turns out I'm the guy for it. Right. Like that's what that right. was the thing, you know. So uh, it, and I think that's a testament not to cut you off, but I, yeah. I think that's a testament to Chili Willie's persona and charisma in that even though these are seasoned, not seasoned detectives, but, you know, they, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Szynski only had three years, but I think the other people who was working with had more experience. But the fact that maybe they just didn't believe that he had it in him to do it because he didn't have any murder, murder charges on his record. It was all, you know, violent crime, but it wasn't murder. Right. And so I think that until they had that witness say, yeah, he's the one that tried to do this to me. You know, he's the one 
that tried to kill me and assault me, then it was like, oh, it's it's been him all along, you know. So how old was Chili Willie? Um, he was uh, thirty five when he was um when he was sentenced. So that's a little late, so, right? Because according to the great Dr. Peter Vronsky, you know, they normally start around age twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so he was a little late, so that's it. Um, I think that the well, he said that there's you know he alluded to thirty two other victims and um right. and so you know we, we don't know. I'm sure it's not a closed book there. You don't. Right. As as we've said, they don't just start doing it out of the gate, you know, that that night. In- so this woman pulled a knife and stabbed him and cut his hand and that pissed him off. So he stabbed mm-hmm. her a bunch of times. Uh, yeah. But good for her. She was the one that wound up, wound up getting him put away. Because um, um, she meant I mean, like he's money. the one that got him. He's the one that got him put. He's oh, the no, one no, that no, got I'm himself sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's- I confused that woman. Unfortunately, she 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 died because she got stabbed. I confused her with the woman going into witness protection that got away. Sorry. Um, yeah, she's. Right, because. But, but, even, but even so, even if that would have happened, if he wouldn't have put himself in the yeah. mix to begin with the name Chili Willie would have meant nothing to them. They would have just been sitting at a table eating dinner before they go and take her into witness protection. And it would have just been a story. Right. Right. It wouldn't have had, to, I mean, it was so random, these random events. Everything that, came together. I know it's, it's so, together. so crazy. So hold on one second. Hey baby, Napo's outside. All right. Tell him to come on in and I'll be done in like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right. So I got to leave in a second. So um, what I wanted to say was that uh, in my notes, it just said awful to hear his voice. That was awful to hear that Mm -hmm. fucking guy with that attitude and that just cavalier like, hey, I still get shit. I'm going to be alive doing stuff. Fuck it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he has a, you know, your Dostoevsky yeah. analogy is not relevant here at all because this guy doesn't care yep. at all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's sleeping just fine. Yeah. And, you know, and Mikey Mike made it, just, made the point several times about, about being a, a sociopath, you know, and having no, uh, no sense of right and wrong or not giving a shit. So that was, um, That was tough to hear. The actor stuff was interesting. Having uh, Conrad on there—that was—that was—that was interesting. To hear, you know, very, very, you know, very, very serious actor. I've, I know actors like that that you know really in, uh, disappear into their roles and all that, and and really feel it. Um, so that, that was that was a nice touch. That was very very interesting to hear. Um, and you know, and and you hear actors talk about how some of these roles kind of stay with them for a long time and, and affect them a lot. So that was that was a nice touch. How did you find him? Is he a Seattle local? Not at all. Like Mike really wanted me to speak with him, and I was like, you know, I kind of felt like Jesus, this cat keeps like jumping and scratching on me. Okay, um, he 
really wanted me to talk to him. And he, I think they really had this connection. Mm. And my feeling was, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to make this about how an actor feels, you know, when people have been murdered, right. you know what I mean? Right. Um, but I felt like their connection was Mike and Conrad's connection uh, was really interesting. And, and then in speaking with Conrad, I just really, um, what he said and how it affected him. And I've never really thought about what that would have been like to actually play this horrible yeah. character and to have such insight from Mike, who was with him. And the way that he describes Chili Willie and just, you can hear him going into yeah. character. Yeah. You know, when, when he's talking, he's not being disrespectful to how Chili talks. He's, he's, oh. he's sharing what that experience was like for him. And then to, um, you know, hear Conrad caring about the other actors and how he, you know, nobody was caring about him. You know, he had to, and he got so into it, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, like, like, you know, he's had to wash off. So I felt like it was an interesting, um, an interesting, you know, side detour. Yeah, agreed. That, Definitely agreed. We really, should know. try to do more of that. <clears throat> try to do more of that. Hear some different voices. Uh, you know, not law enforcement, not what, you know, just someone from the art world though. It was nice to hear. It's really nice to hear. So, <clears throat> well, great. I actually, uh, sorry, I have to cut this short for today. Um, have some family stuff happening. Um, but, uh, great episode. Uh, the jungle is, is, it scares me, but, uh, uh, and it's weird that that environment still exists <laughs> in, in a major American city. Uh, so that's, yep. that was really, really kind of cool to hear. So, um, uh, so thank you very much, uh, listeners, for joining us today. We appreciate your time, as always. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you're enjoying the show, uh, please go to Apple Podcasts and consider giving us a rate or review or share with your friends. All of that helps the algorithm more than you know. Um, and please consider supporting the great companies that support our show because without them, we couldn't do what we do. Um, for Criminal Mischief, my name is Brandon, along with Carolyn Osorio. Carolyn, you'd like to add anything? No, we will see you next time. See you next time. And until then, stay safe out there, everybody. Go check out The Devil Within. Thank you. From Cloud 10, Criminal Mischief is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We're produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.